Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Let's listen to that band. Warm us up. Get us going. Get us in the groove and feel. Go. Mm, mm. Da, da. Mm. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Oh, they're so fantastic. And they get better every week. I swear they do. This is tacos and french fries. Hey, they can't all be great names. You know that. You know that. Come on. I got a new one every week. What can I do? Uh, that one was actually inspired by my son. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> that's something he wanted for dinner one night. And so I said, hey, that'll make a great band name. And here we are now. <laughs> so, Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience, episode number 58. I am Charlie Sabrina Miller, the host the hostess, the producer, the person that does it all. It's all about my show. This is it. I do it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Those returning listeners, binge listeners, you know I love you. And welcome aboard, you new listeners. If uh, this is your first episode, I'm glad you're with us. Uh, number 58, probably a decent place to start if, uh, if you're starting at the end of October. <laughs> if all goes well, this is going to be dropping on the 30th of October, which means tomorrow is Halloween, hence the title. So this episode, we're going to talk about Halloween. And we still have more of the 25 famous women who share their best advice that they've either given or received. This week is number eight. Moving right along. Our secondary topic is going to be a story from my not-so-distant past. We're going to have listener feedback, of course, because that's what we do around here. That's what I do around here. And before we get to any of that, let's just briefly talk about episode 57, last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> what a crazy one. I titled it, The Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear My Shades. And uh, if you've heard that episode, it makes, well, I'm hoping it makes perfect sense as to why I named it that. If not, go back and listen. Check it out. Um, lots of fun. I felt we needed a fun kind of episode. So... That's that episode. I know it was really short, kind of a campy episode, but, you know, life can be so, oh, I don't want to say depressing. I mean, that's that's an obvious word to use, but it can just get you down so many different ways, so many different times that I needed a fun episode. I needed to do a fun episode, and if I needed it, that tells me that you folks probably needed to hear one. So, hey, that was it, 57, that's that. And I do hope you enjoyed it. I know there was a lot more music in that episode than usual, but like I said, if you listen to the episode, it kind of makes sense as to the songs I selected. Bottom line, I had fun putting it together, and I hope you had fun listening to it. And if you haven't heard it yet, check it out. 
You can find that and all past episodes at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. We got an Amazon affiliate link there. Thank you for using that to purchase your items on Amazon. Uh, We got a PayPal donate button if you uh, are so inclined to donate. Uh, We've got links to Patreon, which is just a wonderful way to support the arts. Uh, We've got an iTunes link and a Stitcher radio link. Uh, If you're finding us through one of those two apps, do us a favor. Do the show a favor. Take a 30 seconds to what a couple minutes and do the review and the the five stars and the thumbs up and the sharing and and all those the wonderful things that we can do through those two services that provide well they're basically glorified podcatchers uh if you need or want the rss feed you can travel on over to changes in latitudes podcast at blogspot.com we've got it right there for you uh we're on facebook facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast the email, if you want to send me something, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Sabrina Miller 41. Now, check out Patreon. It's patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. I know I'm so original, <laughs> so original, but Patreon is awesome for artists and creative people like myself and podcast creators, music creators, video creators, vlog creators, blog creators, anybody that's putting something out there that's of their own, you know, on a regular basis, whether it's weekly or bi weekly monthly, daily, whatever it is, check it out. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash changes in latitudes podcast because that's where our little area is over there. It's it's like Kickstarter. It's like GoFundMe, but uh, it's not like asking for a large sum of money to be able to do accomplish whatever it may be. It's it's a way to give back to creative people. Check it out. There's a video there that explains how it works. Basically, you pledge a certain amount per month and there's benefits and bonuses and rewards that I give and it's just it's awesome. And for this episode, I want to, now I've mentioned her in the past, you probably, <laughs> long-time listeners probably are tired of hearing the name, but I have to say she is an amazing person, and I am so delighted that she is, well, part of my life, part of my friends, part of the, the, the world happening out there on Facebook, and that is Becky B. And the reason she's sponsoring this episode is because without saying anything to me, she went on to Patreon and increased her contribution by, well, two times the amount. Uh, so here, publicly in this wonderful way of communicating podcast-wise, Becky, thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart. I mean, I've messaged you you know, through Facebook and other, other ways to let you know that as well. But here, I'm letting you know, letting the world know thank you. It was such a wonderful surprise to, you know, when I checked in on my Patreon page to check out, I think I was getting ready to queue up uh, one of the bonus episodes that I threw out. And that's when I noticed that you changed your contribution. And I went, holy mackerel. Wow. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Help support the show any way you can with as minimum of a dollar a month. That's what? 17 cents an episode since there's usually four a month. Yeah, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. So enough of the housekeeping information. Let's get into the main topic. 
right, main topic is Halloween. Do 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 do. <laughs> yes, Halloween. Wow, so many in my past. Um, let's just start off with this year. Obviously, I'm recording it before Halloween since this is dropping before Halloween, so I can't really talk about this Halloween, except my family is incredibly excited because it is our son's essentially first Halloween where he's really understanding what's going on with Halloween. So we're excited about that. And so in a future episode, I know I'm going to be talking about it. So stay tuned for information about this Halloween, probably in the next two, three, four episodes. Uh, But in so far, there have just been so many in my life. Um, I remember when I was under 10 and uh, my dad used to take me around to the neighborhood, you know, do the neighborhood trick or treat thing. And then we would go to one of the local parks where there was a a carnival that was, I don't know exactly, but it was sponsored by the city somehow, whether it was, you know, the Chamber of Commerce or the Optimist Club or something like that, the Boy Scouts maybe, I don't remember. But it was so much fun, and it was really geared towards kids of that age, you know, younger kids, probably 12 and under is my guess, because it had those those fun, campy carnival games, you know, where you toss a beanbag and see if you knock something over, you try to get a ping pong ball into a, a fish bowl to win a fish, little tiny goldfish, I don't know how many of those I, <laughs> I won in my life, and then had to flush them down the toilet, because that's what you end up doing. Uh, what else was, oh, I remember there was this, uh, it was like a wash tub. It was one of those low, low, I don't know, probably eight inches, 12 inches deep wash tub that was probably two and a half, maybe three feet across, kind of like a kiddie pool, but it was, it was galvanized, you know, wash basin. And inside there was all these little tiny plastic ducks. And some of the ducks had little marks on the bottom of them, big red X's. And so they would stir up the water to get the, uh, you know, the ducks floating around and then you reach in and grab one, and if you happen to have one that has an X on it, you won a prize, whatever it was, a stuffed animal, a raffle ticket, I, a piece of candy, I don't remember. It's too, too many years ago, folks. But I remember the game, and the reason I remember the game is because, uh, well, my father and I were there a lot. <laughs> and I remember when I got a little older, we would actually work some of the booths, which is why I think it was part of the Optimist Club, because my father was part of the Optimists at least when I was growing up. And when I was a little tiny kid, I had probably eight, maybe seven, the person working this duck pond game encouraged me to to select a very specific duck. He said, no, no, that one over there, that one right there, going around, that one, pick that one, pick that one, pick this one, that one. And so, so lo and behold, that one had the big red X on the bottom, and I got a prize. I do remember that from one year. Uh, and then I remember just, you know, wanting to do the, uh, what is it? The strongman hammer thing, you know, where you hit the thing and it goes up and rings the bell, but I, I, <laughs> I wasn't even strong enough to pick up the hammer, much less swing the damn thing. Uh, so didn't do that. And then there was, you know, darts at, at, uh, balloons, uh, the, the carnival games that you see everywhere, you know, those, those midway sort of games. Uh, that, that that happened at carnivals. That was what it was. And it was just so much fun as a young child. Of course, there's always the trick-or-treating, but yeah. So as I got older, I, the, the whole concept started to dwindle a little bit. You know, I was, I outgrew the carnival, obviously. And so then I also outgrew the uh, <laughs> the trick-or-treating aspect of it. 
But before I had completely outgrown it, I used to go around with my nephew and my nieces to to just go, you know, be the supervising kid. <laughs> you know, I was the older one, so I would be the one, you know, making sure that we crossed the street safely and held hands and all that good stuff. You know, I'm I'm the one that was in charge of the flashlight, uh, all those sorts of wonderful things. And I remember going around. Uh, specifically with my nephew in the uh, area where he uh, lived and grew up before they moved. And it was, (laughs) the area was, uh, it was near a beach city up in the LA area. And so you had those kind of, that beach mentality. So, you know, there was that, hey, yeah, right, right on, man. Let's, they're all surfers. I'm just going to put it that way. They're all either, you know, in the sun too much or surfers. Which is also kind of the same thing, but you get my point. And so there was some awesome uh, treats given, I'm going to say that. And the cool thing about going around with my nephew was just a few doors down from where he lived was this girl who was probably about my age, maybe a year younger, year or two younger, I don't quite remember. But in my youth, when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, she was also eight, nine, ten. And so we, we, we connected. And as we grew older, you know, five years go by, and now we're in our early to mid-teens. Actually, I was in my mid-teens because I was driving at the time. Finally ended up asking her out on a date. And it was fun. It was great. Uh, but it <laughs> – what a dumbass I was. Because, because instead of doing something, you know – Normal. Well, I guess what we did was normal, but I just chose the wrong movie. We did dinner in a movie. I don't remember where we went for food, but the, it was in the same vicinity as the theater, which was up in Westwood, California, if you're familiar with the area. And uh, we saw Die Hard 2. <laughs> Not the greatest date movie, uh, mostly because it, w- it was loud, very loud, even for myself. And the. <laughs> It's it's a guy film, you know? People are shooting up things and, and blowing up things. And, I mean, not, not saying that women are not going to like the movie, but it was it's specifically geared towards the male machismo macho sort of personality. I get that. So we ended up not really having a good time. <laughs> and that was the first and the last date we went on. And to this day, I do not know what happened to her. I hope her life is going well. I hope she is happy and satisfied with whatever her life has taken on. And, you know, if Facebook had been around, oh, I don't know, probably about 10 years or so before it actually was around, uh, I, I think I probably would have ended up trying to find her on Facebook. Now, I, 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 I don't even, I, I remember her first name. Have no clue what her last name is. I, I wouldn't even begin to, to be able to begin to guess. But in back to Halloween, before we went on that date, as we were growing up, there were certain Halloween parties we would go to, certain, well, let's just say high-end neighborhoods that we would be driven to, to go trick-or-treating with. And of course, this was also with the younger kids around, my nieces, my nephews, and their friends, and la 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 So she and I were the two, you know, chaperones, we'll say, because the parents would either come pick us up or sit in the car while we walked around the neighborhood, all those different options. So we we got a chance to hang out and, and, you know, be friends for years before we went out on this date. And I don't know. <laughs> Die Hard 2 was not her thing. <laughs> so, uh, but going around was, well, 
the, the trick-or-treating was fun, but what I really remember from that point in my life was the parties we went to. I think it was a friend of my sister's who always threw a Halloween party, and we went, I don't know, two, three years in a row, and it was fun. There was bobbing for apples. There was so all the traditional Halloween games that are out there, and it, I just remember having a good time. So as I reflect back on this as I'm you know spewing it out to you now, Aside from the movie Die Hard 2, I wonder what else went wrong on that date. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Uh, So now let's move forward a little bit in my 20s. And there's a few more parties from friends and school and college. And just because of the way my life kind of flowed... There wasn't a lot of parties. It was like a party one year, skip a couple years, then another party. And usually it was with a different crowd because, you know, I would switch switch up girlfriends or be single or I would move, you know, and lots of different factors. And I remember... um, Well, actually, (laughs) this this is actually in my early teens, come to think of it. Uh, I, I was part, I was part of the Boy Scouts, you know, like most people were, and the uh, Optimist Club was actually our, one of our sponsors. So we had a, well, our meetings were held in a multi-purpose room that the Optimists would also use, and it was one of those big, big rooms that had a kitchen as- attached to it, and, you know, a storage room for all of our scouting equipment, and there's a little platform stage at one end, so if there was any sort of, you know, presentation, so people would rent this hall out, is what I'm saying, and one year, well, they did it every year, but one year, or two years maybe, I was involved in the little haunted house that they would put up in this multi-purpose room. They make a little maze and, you know, all that wonderful stuff. I mean, it's not like it's not like the the professional haunted houses that are in the big cities, you know, where you pay like 20 bucks to walk through and get the crap scared out of you. But it was it, it was geared towards younger kids. I mean, it was still kind of spooky, kind of scary. They had the, you know, traditional music playing. Uh, but there was, uh, you know, I would, I helped out a couple years in a row. And I remember one time I was hiding in the, in the shadows and every time somebody walked by, I had, I don't know, it wasn't quite a feather, but it was feather like. And so I would brush it against their thigh or calf or something, you know, come out of darkness, nowhere, and then be gone, you know, because they'd look down and it was gone. No, nothing there. And so, so that was fun. And then one year in, uh, they, in one of the areas within this haunted house was, was supposed to be a graveyard. And in the graveyard, one of the guys that was part of the optimists was a magician. And so he donated his time and there was a couple different illusions that he would do. And one year, one of the illusions requires an assistant. And so he asked me to do it. And so for one or two years in a row, I was his assistant, so that was a lot of fun as well. I had more fun doing that than I did scaring the crap out of people, I'll say that much. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was good memories. It was good memories. Um, oh, I just remembered. See, that's what I love about stream of consciousness. I just start going and I remember crap as I'm recording. Um, one of the, one of the displays, I guess, was, uh, in this, in the maze, the haunted house maze, was a, uh, well, uh, a window as you're walking through a covered hallway, 
there was a window to another area, and in the area there was, you know, scary-looking things, a severed hand, a skeleton, a bloody something, a whatever, and then there was people taking turns wearing some mask. I don't remember the mask. It was one of those hot rubber <laughs> rubber masks that, you know, everybody feels claustrophobic in eventually. Hard to breathe. You're breathing your own air, so you're you're like two seconds away from passing out, <laughs> but... One of the things I had to do was sit there frozen, and then, as people walked by, come to life. You know, whether it's jump up or wave or something, just because you're not expecting it. So, that was another thing. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, But I do remember in my early to mid-20s, there was uh, one of the girls I was seeing. We worked for the city that we lived in actually without giving that detail away and the city i don't know if they still do but the city put on a haunted house there was one of the i guess it falls into the historical landmark uh, aspect of uh, of you know that's why it's run by the city and they would put together another maze and things like that but this particular haunted house needed tour guides so there was i don't know about half a dozen of us that would take i don't know a group of 10 or 15 or so through the house uh you know guiding people so they would know where to follow and always at the very end of this this particular house there was always a black light you know brick maze so there was a bunch of black lights and all the paint was uh phosphorescent so it really glowed well for two years in a row i did uh phantom uh, Phantom of the Opera makeup, and I did the Andrew Lloyd Webber Phantom of the Opera because that what was popular then. You know, we're talking mid '90s, early to mid '90s, so Phantom was in its high holy glory days. You know, and and so I I got one of the the cheap ass masks. Well, they're cheaper now. I had, it was actually a good thick plastic mask, and I wish I knew what happened to it. Somewhere in my world, I picked up a cape that was black on the outside and white on the inside. Beautiful cape. Heavy and polyester, but beautiful cape. And then, you know, a tuxedo shirt that, you know, I picked up at a thrift store or something like that. And so I would, you know, as the Phantom, would walk them through the maze. Well, at the very end, as I said, there was all this black light. At the very end, because I would stop right by the door to let people know this is the exit and to find their way up and around and basically point them to the next person that was working for the city or volunteering for the city, and they would, you know, send them off towards the exit, the away from this house. And as I was standing there, I removed the mask, and under the mask I had some sort of, you know, gruesome-looking makeup done that some latex thing you know it was it was it was not store-bought it was handmade and it was done by the girl i was seeing at the time because she was i'm sure she still is uh great with makeup in fact i personally learned a lot from her in the makeup world and for longtime binge listeners (laughs) she was the person that uh first helped me uh discover the feminine side i've shared that story so many times you probably know what i'm talking about just so you guys can know the the timeline of where things are. Anyhow, back on track. <laughs> uh, so so I would have this this I would take off the mask and and show this gruesome looking you know blah thing, and I would outline it with uh, a blacklight reactive uh, paint makeup not paint but makeup 
And so in the black light, it just looked awesome. Problem is, back then, <laughs> cameras weren't what they are now. <laughs> Digital camera? Pfft, what's that? So I never got a chance to see any pictures. Uh, nowadays, pfft, shit, you take a picture and you take a selfie. You take a picture yourself, you know? So anyway, uh, so that was a lot of fun for a couple years. And then uh, I don't want to say I outgrew it, but I just, I, I just got tired of it um, because it was volunteering. It's not like I got paid to do those things, even though, you know, it would have been nice. Uh, so so it, was, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, you know, as I'm sitting here recording this for all of you, I'm thinking back of, of all the costumes I've done. And in, in my youth, you know, I was, I mean, I was the typical Dracula. Uh, one year I was Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi with the whole black uh, thing. Uh, Zorro one year. Um, uh, I was the Joker, you know, the, uh, the Jack Nicholson style Joker. Uh, Groucho Marx, of course, of course. <laughs> Longtime listeners, binge listeners, you know that's going to happen. In fact, that's like one of my old standbys. I will always refer to that if I have no other options. Um, I was a mad scientist one year, hair up, uh, up in, you know, sticking straight up out of the head, a lab coat sort of thing. Walked around with, uh, oh, I don't remember the containers, but some sort of container with dry ice in it. So it was bubbling and, you know, all that wonderful stuff. Um, oh, not too long ago, in the, within the last three, four years, I was, oh, I can't think of uh, the character name. Oh, the dude. From the Big Lebowski. Um, in, uh, in my youth, I was Indiana Jones. Of course, <laughs> what kid wasn't, even nowadays? Um, Superman, Batman, uh, you know, all those traditional ones. Uh, oh, hey, I just remembered. Warner Brothers cartoon from the mid to late 90s. Don't remember exactly, but I was Freakazoid one year. I had longer hair, so we spiked it all the way up. We bought this heavy-duty hair gel, which didn't hold enough. So we used eggs. Yes. Yucky bleh eggs. And uh, red red uh, long johns <laughs> or under, long, long winter underwear. Uh, what else was that? The makeup and everything. So a Google Freakazoid. Uh, it was a... Uh, Steven Spielberg-inspired cartoon on the Warner Brothers Network. Lots of fun. Great show. And so, uh, so I was that for one year. Oh, what else? I'm drawing a blank, but there's so many. And then, you know, if you heard last year's Halloween episode, uh, which talked about the two years before that, there was um, Scarlet from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is the redhead. Uh, Lindsay from Arrested Development. And Eve from the movie WALL-E. So those are... Uh, those are uh, some of the ones. Oh, one year I stayed home, and this is when I was just starting to embrace my feminine side, I'll call it. Uh, and this is, oh, geez, when was this? This was in mid-2000s. Uh, I stayed home and just to give out candy because the apartment building where we lived, there was tons of kids. So, you know, just it was either turn off your lights. I mean, every single light in your apartment 
and sit in the dark or leave the apartment or give out candy. Well, we chose to give out candy. And so I, I don't want to say dressed up like a witch, but that's when people said, oh, what are you? And I just said, oh, a witch. And it was some, some black skirt sort of thing, some, one, one of the pairs of heels that I had at the time or boots or something. I don't remember. Uh, nothing special with my hair, nothing special with my makeup, you know, just sort of uh, evening type Saturday night going out makeup, we'll call it. And some some sort of top, I can't quite remember. Burgundy, red, black comes to my mind. Uh, but, you know, that was fun. Nerve-wracking because that was, this was before I took the uh, the step out the front door. Or I had just taken the step out the front door, as I've said in the past many, many episodes. So it was right in that period of time where I was still trying to get over those nerves. So I didn't really say anything. Uh, but when people asked, what are you? I think I would just throw out, oh, I'm a witch and just leave it at that and hand out candy and be done. So that was lots of fun. And since I am recording this before this Halloween, we're still deciding exactly what we're going to (laughs) be. So I can't really tell you. So you're going to have to hold on to your hats and glasses for a future episode so you can hear what Halloween 2015 is all about. And now, for I, I, be, being the performer and the entertainer and just the 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 you know actor actress that I am, I've always have loved dressing up at Halloween. Uh, not not a, more so when I was younger because I would try to become the character more so. And then as I grew older, I realized that's not necessarily the point. The point is just wearing the clothes. So so things have kind of changed. But I've always loved dressing up for Halloween, and so. Uh, I mean, there were a few years when I just said, I can't do this, I'm done, or I'm not going to do anything this year. But, you know, a lot of the time, it was always fun to do something. And I'd like to know what you guys and ladies do or did or are going to do for Halloween. So make a comment on the Facebook page. If you're on Patreon, make a comment on the Patreon page. Send me a tweet send me an email, whatever it is, get back to me. Let me know what your Halloween experiences are. And now let's hear from our sponsor. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Ah, TomSlayton.com. Thank you, Tom, for sponsoring the show. I really do appreciate it. I hope you know that. I hope you know how much I appreciate it. Folks, if you haven't checked out TomSlayton.com, take 60 seconds or less to check it out. There is a ton of stuff there, ton of stuff, lots of photos, lots of writing prompts, lots of, uh, I don't, I'll call them blog entries where he does some writing. You know, it's not necessarily a blog, but you know, that's kind of what it is. And the, one of the coolest things, he offers free WordPress themes. Now, I'll admit, you can't really easily find them on his website, but if you use Google and say TomSlayton.com free WordPress theme, You'll get a list, which is what I did. I found I took I chose arbitrarily number one hundred, and it's it's actually pretty cool. It looks like um, some green, oh, uh, greenish, yellowish, 
silhouette sort of something. I, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> but if you're looking for a free WordPress or just want to check this out, TomSlayton.com forward slash free WordPress theme number, the word number written out, N-U-M-B-E-R, 100. And you'll find it right there. So check it out, TomSlayton.com. Tom, thanks again. Five famous women share their best advice that they've either given or received. This week we have number eight. And this is from Helen Murin. Helen Murin, I, I actually recognize the name, but I, I'll admit I had to look it up. I had to check out IMDb. As soon as I saw her picture, I went, oh my God, that's you? <gasps> okay. And she has done so many things. She has 121 credits to her actress subcategory on IMDb. She's done Frasier. She's done so many things. It just, if you have to, go check it out because she's done just 121 things. She's got producer credits. She's got director credits. She's, she's just amazing. Her advice is, my headmistress told me not to be afraid of being afraid. And it's fairly obvious, but when you stop and really ponder what it means... It's pretty deep. I mean, don't fear fear. You know, we only have one thing to fear. You know, fear itself, as FDR said. Or I, he didn't say that. I didn't quote him directly. But you, you follow me there. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And, and basically, it's okay to be afraid, but don't be afraid to be afraid. At least that's what I'm getting from it. Um, for, I mean, if, example, if it's dark, there are no monsters. You know, there's there's no things to get you. Well, unless there's furniture that, you know, jumps out and bites your toe. Or if you happen to have a toddler and they leave stuff out like Legos or other tiny little things that you cannot see because you're so tall. <laughs> Even if you're only 5'9 like myself. But, yeah, you, you follow me there. So, you really, just don't be afraid of being afraid. Being afraid is a natural well, I don't know how to say emotion, but it's a natural reaction. It's something that's part of us. It's part of that, uh, well, I feel it's part of that fight or flight thing that we all have. And for me, usually it's flight or flight because I don't like to fight, physically fight. I mean, words are one thing, but physically fight? No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm running the other way. Or as I've said before in, in a couple different episodes, I you know, try to use humor, use my words, my humor to break the tension, stop whatever's going on. But it's okay to be afraid of being afraid. And I'm going to take it one step further. Just don't let it control your life. So we're, that was number eight. We've got 17 left. That means we're going to have space in the episodes for some other list to count down. If you've got any ideas or you come across something on Facebook or wherever in the world, send it my way, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com, and we'll put it right in this time slot in a future episode. Ah, secondary topic. Here we go. Secondary topic. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> not that Halloween wasn't fun, but this is just something that's pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> this happened a while ago. At this point, probably two and a half months. I was I was driving to 
one of those restaurants that offers, what do they call it, curbside delivery. You know, you, you drive up, you park in front of the, the restaurant, and they bring you your food, and you pay and all that, and then you drive away. That way you don't have to go inside, you don't have to get out of your car, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, for listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, it's pretty damn cool. So check it out if you, if you have something nearby. Um, there's lots of different restaurants that are doing it now. And we went to one that was local. And so I get there. And let's see, the drive was, I don't know, I think it's like a 15-mile drive, 10 miles maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's really close by in comparison to where everything is around here. So I get there, and I park, and I wait, and I pick up the food, and, we're, and I'm starting to drive away. And as I put it in reverse and I hit the gas, it, it, the car doesn't want to move. And I think, is the emergency brake on? And I check the emergency brake, and it's off. And I'm like, oh, shit, what the hell's going on? And then the steering is getting stiff and hard. And I'm like, oh, shit. What the fuck is happening? So I put it into park, pull up the emergency brake, get out, take a look, flat tire. Front, right, flat tire. Pain in the ass. Uh, but in that time of trying to drive before realizing I should pull over and take a look at what's going on, I had moved from the curbside parking area in front of the restaurant to a parking spot at like the next business over. And so I'm parked there and I, I call the family and I say, well, food's going to be late because I got a flat tire, blah, 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 blah. And so family says, okay, we'll come out and get you and we'll call AAA reason they came out to get me is because the AAA was in their name, so they had to be there to present the card. And, and just in case I needed to be towed, you know, uh, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know about my spare tire or anything like that. So, so I hang up and I start looking around and figuring out where the spare is. And in the vehicle that I drive, it's up under the backside of the vehicle. And to access it, you have to use a, uh, uh, a wrench sort of thing that comes with the car, of course, that's connected to the jack. And so you lower the tire and then you take it off and then you, you know, jack up the car and all the lug nuts and everything. I mean, if you don't know how to change a tire, Google that. Okay. Go ask Google how to change a tire and you can figure that one out if you don't know already. Well, because, well, two reasons. One, I have helped change a tire. I've helped somebody else change a tire, parent, sibling, friend, etc. But I myself have never done it by myself. So it was a little bit of a challenge offered to me. And I, and I had not done anything like that since I came out and was, you know, living female. Now this is before I, before I came out as gender queer. So that kind of tells you how long ago it happened. I believe it was either late uh, mid June sometime of 2015. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this because I don't know how long it's going to take AAA to get here. So I start, you know, jack up the car, chain, take off the lug nuts, remove the tire, put the spare on, start tightening down the lug nuts. And just as I get to the very last lug nut, both my wife and the AAA person, two separate cars, show up. Well, the AAA person ended up, I said, hey, just check the tire, make sure that, you know, it's secure. And so he did, and everything's, everything was correct. So yay me. Luckily, I didn't have to, uh, you know, let the car be taken in. I could drive it home, but I was driving on the spare. So, you know, there's a few different things there. Yes, my hands were filthy, but it felt so liberating to be able to 
change the tire, not just because I had never done it before, but because I was doing it as a woman. I, I, whatever feminine shirt I had on, it was a t-shirt of some sort, and jeans or capris or something that I had. Uh, and so it was so liberating, so fulfilling to make to, to have that accomplishment. And the AAA person, as I said, or maybe I didn't say, I forget right now, didn't charge us, which was awesome. And... I mean, it was it was it was good. Overall, it was a fantastic, awesome feeling. And now, just to switch this up and have some real fun, I'm going to play some classic comedy for you. I heard this. I've heard this for years. I remember hearing it as a kid the first time, and I, and I heard it on uh, old-time radio. I, up in Los Angeles, there's, a, well, I think there's a number of radio stations on the AM dial that at certain times of night or certain days of the week play old-time radio shows. And one of them had this on it, and so that was the first time I really heard it. Then I saw it on TV in a movie or something like that, uh, or a clip show or something. I don't remember. It was so many years ago. And then I've heard it, I don't know how many times throughout my life, both by the original people that I'm going to play for you, and then just by people doing it, because it is one of those classic comedy bits. And what I'm referring to is the Abbott and Costello classic, Who's On First? If you have never heard this, you are in for a treat, because this has got wordplay and comedic timing they, they were doing this for so many years that it changed over the years as well. It grew, it changed, it evolved. And what you're going to hear is one of their later versions. So it's really tight, really clean, we'll say. So here you are, the classic Abbott and Costello with Who's On First. Well, Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're the coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and... His brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. I'm their French cousin. French? Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Well, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean, the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> Look, you got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the That's money. That's it. Who gets the money on he first base? He does. Every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the Who? contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his That's name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. <laughs> all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the players. Either. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you, who's the guy on first base? That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. We're not talking about him. Now, let's... <laughs> now, 
how did I get on third base? Why, you mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. <laughs> All right, nobody will know. Now, who's playing third base? Why do you insist on putting who on third base? What am I putting on third? Uh, what is on second? You don't want who on second? Who is on first? I don't know. Third, third base? base. <laughs> Look, you got outfield? Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Now, tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not. Stay out of the infield. <laughs> I want to know what's the guy's name in left field. No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third, third base. base. <laughs> Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. Me, this Look, look, look. You got a pitcher on a team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you, then man. go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow? You're going to tell me who's pitching. Now, listen. Who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say. Who's on first? <laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> got a catcher? Certainly. The catcher's name? Today. Today. And Kamar's pitcher. Now you've got it. All we got is a couple of days on the well, team. You know, I'm a catcher, too. No, they tell I get behind the plate, do some fancy catching. Kamar's pitching on my team, and a heavy hitter gets up. Yes. Now, the heavy hitter bunched the ball. When he bunched the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Is to throw the ball at first base. Yes. Now, who's got it? Naturally. <laughs> Somebody's got to get it. Now, who has it? Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's different. That's what I say. You're not saying that. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. Listen, you ask me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now, you ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. Same as you. Don't change your mind. Same as you. I throw the ball to who? Whoever it is drops the ball and the guy runs a second. Yes. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know? I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow? Triple play. Yes. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't give a darn. What? I said I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. I'm in it. How can you not laugh at that? Yes, I know there are people out there that'll just say, well, that's stupid. Well, yeah, it's corny, but it's classic comedy. If you stop and think about it, so many routines that are on situation comedies and and situation comedies in just my life alone from the late 70s till today, the timing of it, the banter, the all that still happens today still totally happens today so if you enjoy situation comedies today you have classic comedy like that to thank You know what that music is, and if you don't, you now will. That's our listener feedback music, even though it sounds kind of like 70s porn music, but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? It's what it comes with GarageBand, and I like it, so I'm going to keep it. <laughs> Anyhow, listener feedback. This is from longtime listener 
Brianna Z. Uh, she sent in a couple questions, uh, basically after episode 52. And if you haven't heard that one, I highly, highly suggest it because the show will make a ton more sense. <laughs> So go back and listen. Uh, she sent in two, two separate questions. First question is, uh, how do I see genderqueer, gender fluid being different from being either an effeminate man or a crossdresser? And uh, gender fluid, gender queer, I think is a broader definition. Uh, just plain and simple. Let's just attack it that way to begin with. It's it's a broader definition uh, because when you say crossdresser, there's a pretty specific image that comes to your mind. Usually, it's a man wearing some form of women's clothing, whether it's a hundred percent done up, you know, wig and makeup and heels and all that, or something as simple as just uh, underwear. You know, I mean, that's kind of where the crossdresser realm falls into. Uh, so it's very specific when you say that word. And back on the sense of effeminate male, uh, just for an image, we can think of Nathan Lane from the movie The Birdcage. Uh, I mean, and there's so many other uh, ways to think of an effeminate man, uh, a very flamboyant gay man who may or may not wear women's clothing and just... It's it just effeminate in the way they carry themselves, or the way they speak, the way they interact. It's so, it's so broad in that sense, but it's still very, very specific. However, when you say gender queer, gender fluid, and for those playing the home game, uh, in episode fifty-two, one of the things I mentioned is that gender queer is actually a umbrella term that falls under the other umbrella term of transgender. So you've got the transgender umbrella term covering basically at its root is anyone who bends or blends the gender binary and therefore gender queer falls into that as well because gender queer it's for gender queer people the the binary of male and female or man and woman just doesn't suit them. And this is an individual definition. It, they don't identify or relate to either of those terms, male, female, man, woman, however you want to you know, describe that yourself. Uh, so they fall somewhere in between, whether it's a little more masculine or you know, a little more feminine off the, off the middle of the, of the page, let's say. So, so they kind of blend somewhere in between, you know. I, I've, I've explained this in both episode 52 and 53, so I don't want to re have to repeat myself, but I want to make sure that everybody is, is with me when I'm using these terms as far as how I see it, how I define it. Uh, gender fluid now is more specific and falls under the umbrella term gender queer. And gender fluid is usually defined, and I'm, the word usually is in air quotes if you can't hear it in my voice, and you can't see it because this is an audio program. Uh, <laughs> and that is, you, for myself, it's, it's some days a little more masculine, some days a little more feminine, some days a blend of the both, whether I'm trying or not. I <laughs> There was times, I don't remember, going to the store, going to the library, going just going anywhere, really. And, I, you know, not trying to look 
ma- masculine or feminine, you know, not trying at all, just existing. Because it, recently the weather here in San Diego has been very, very hot and humid, unnaturally hot and unnaturally humid. And so I'm just trying to be comfortable. Pair of shorts, whether it's uh, some of my girl shorts, which which work for either way, or uh, some cargo shorts that I have, which are obviously very masculine, and eh, usually a t-shirt or a tank top or something. Uh, but my hair is on the longer side, so usually I have it pulled back into a ponytail, whether it's a low ponytail or a high ponytail. But for whatever reason, they address me as ma'am. And then you know when I when I speak or when I, when they look at me straight on or whatever, then they'll correct themselves. Oh, sorry, sir, or whatever it is. And then conversely, it happens the other way, sir to ma'am. So for me, I don't. It doesn't matter. It, it kind of strikes me as a surprise because it's like, oh, hey, I'm. Do you see me as you know female when I'm not even trying? <laughs> you see me as masculine when I'm not even trying. So it's it's a nice blend of it out there in in the world for me uh but with gender fluid it's 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 dependent upon how you feel uh, one of the things that pops to my mind is uh i i longtime friend and i have been trying to uh meet up just to just to you know hang out and have a beer and have some food and shoot the shit and all that and this is after uh, episode 52 and I was getting ready, you know, jump in the shower because, like I said, it was a hot and humid day, so I've been sweating all day, and I'm like, I got to take a shower, rinse this off because it's just nasty. And I get out of the shower. I had every intention of showing up, as I call it, in guy mode. And then just as I'm starting to get dressed, literally just starting to get dressed, I had already gotten out of the shower, I've, you know, dried off, uh, lotion because, you know, lotion's good <laughs> for your body and everything else. And just as I was starting to get dressed, because I had already laid out clothes that I was going to wear, just as I was starting to get dressed, I went, you know, I'm going to go as a girl tonight. And so I put the bra on, put the forms on, ch- chose a different shirt because uh, I was just going to wear jeans the, that night. Oh, actually, I changed. I was going to, instead of wearing jeans, I decided to wear capris. And then some, I don't know, tank top or T-shirt, I can't quite remember exactly right now, and just went out that way. And it was such a spur-of-the-moment thing because even in the shower, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go as a guy and blah, 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 blah. And then as I was getting ready, I was like, you know, I'm going to go as a girl. And so I changed and went out, had a grand time. It was awesome. And it was also awesome just to catch up with him. It was really nice because I hadn't seen him in, oh, geez, four or five years maybe. And so it was, it was really cool. But there's an example of how just without even thinking, I decided to be a different presentation than I had already intended to be. And there's, there's a great experience of being gender fluid. And uh, for those who have listened to episode 52, and for those who haven't, I'll just recap. I prefer to use the term genderqueer to define myself because I was teased growing up and called queer uh, in the negative connotation, you know, as, as negative as the word faggot is, you know. So it's, I'm trying to take that back and use ownership of that. But for all intent and purposes... I, I really fall under the gender fluid definition where some days I'm male, some days I'm female, some days it's a blend in between, blah, 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 blah. So how does that differentiate between crossdresser and effeminate male or masculine female, butch female? 
it's it's a broader definition. And in that sense of being a broader definition, both the umbrella term gender queer and the more specific term gender fluid, it's the user that defines the term. Whereas with crossdresser or feminine male or butch woman, you got some pretty specific definitions popping into your mind, whether they're pictures or not. So that's how I think those two differentiate, Brianna. Second part of her question. What are the differences, if any, that you see between a genderqueer, genderfluid, gender identity and a genderqueer, genderfluid, uh, gender expression? Uh, the difference between identity and expression is basically what Brianna is asking because, she continues, uh, identity and expression are things frequently confused by cis and trans people alike. We have trouble dealing with a butch trans woman or a trans man who carries a purse, and I'd be very interested to hear your words on the topic as somebody who I'm assuming blends the two genders in your expression. Well, as I just said, yes, I do blend the two. Uh, usually I do tend to be uh, a little more on the masculine side when I choose to be present that way or express that way or identify that way. And usually I try to be a little more on the feminine side, end of the scale, when I you know, am presenting, identifying, expressing that way. But as I also said in, in my example not too long ago, I'm not even trying at times, and I get gendered however that person happens to see me. Another example, I was at the library with my son for their, you know, kitty sort of uh, activity things that they have there. And before it started, I said, oh, well, let's go to the bathroom. So I went up to get the key from the librarian. And the librarian handed me the key to the woman's room. And I've always presented on the more masculine side there. So either it was the first key she handed me because both bathrooms lock and it's a single stall. So it's not like it really matters. But it matters to those who need it, is basically what it is. They have two gender-neutral bathrooms because they both lock, they both have one toilet, they both have a changing table, and they both have a sink. They're basically identical. So, yeah. Anyhow, so Brianna asks, what's the difference between identity and expression? Well, in the simplest terms, identity is something that you self-define, your identity, and expression is how you choose to show it to the world, how you choose to express yourself. Some people choose to express themselves by having tattoos. Some people choose to have uh, piercings. Some people choose to wear uh, exotic contacts, and I'm talking about the, you know, the off colors of, of eyes, purple and, you know, the awkward green or the intense blue or red or white, you know, the unnatural <laughs> eye colors. You know, there's also the different color of hair as part of expression, the purple, the blue, the yellow, the, the fire engine red. Uh, I mean, the stuff that is, you know, not normal. That's part of expression. That's how you choose to express yourself. Every single person in this world chooses how to express themselves every time they get dressed. However that is, some people it's the same type of clothing over and over again. They always wear, you know, blue jeans and they always wear some type of t-shirt and then usually the t-shirt is always going to be the same color, you know, for as an example. Some people always wear a suit and tie. Some people, you know, let's flip it over and use the feminine side. Some people always wear skirts, and they'll never, ever wear pants of any form. Jeans, slacks, 
uh, all of that. So it's part of how you're choosing to express yourself. So identity is how you see yourself. Expression is how others see you. This is the easiest way that I can define that, how I can, ex- <laughs> how I can express that to you so you can understand it. So now, what's the biggest difference? Because uh, your examples were butch trans woman or a trans man who carries a purse. Well, those are personal choices. A butch trans woman, well... With a butch trans woman, a specific with that specific of an example, that may be a trans woman who is uh, who you know maybe transitioned later in life, and so they have very masculine, strong features, and maybe they're early on in their uh, HRT, so the effects haven't had a chance to really do their job. Uh, I think I've mentioned in the past uh, it takes usually it takes a good two years before before uh, HRT really starts to level off we'll say and then in the years between two and five is where you'll see more changes and by by year five you're pretty much leveled off so so a butch trans woman may not even be trying to be butch it may just happen to be because of how their genetic makeup is you know, they, they didn't transition until late 20s, early 30s. So they're going to be a little more on the masculine side or the butcher side. Or maybe they choose to be that way because they identify as a butch lesbian. What's wrong with that? Didn't, absolutely nothing. So it's part of their expression. They identify, yes, but you can't tell how a person identifies by how they look. That's judging a book by its cover. And the same goes true for a trans man who carries a purse. There are, I don't, well, there are still popular, but there was a point in time, point in history, I think it was the 90s, maybe early 2000s, I, I don't remember specifically, where it became you know, pretty common for a guy to carry some sort of bag, usually a messenger bag or a laptop bag or something like that. I carried a, uh, a uh, well, it's like the next step up from a fanny pack. I mean, it's not necessarily a fanny pack, but it was uh, technically it was a camera bag. <laughs> uh, and I used that to carry my stuff because I just wanted to. I got tired of putting crap in my pockets and weighing me down. I had this bag that was easy enough to carry. And then I didn't have to worry about pens exploding in my pocket. I didn't have to worry about sweat through the, my pants pocket uh, d- destroying or harming or breaking down any pieces of paper or whatever. Uh, and then as time went on, I didn't have to worry about uh, my, well, in the beginning, my pager, and then later, my cell phone, um, getting damaged or whatever it was. It was right there in my bag. So I've always enjoyed carrying stuff outside of my pockets. And now I usually carry a backpack. And when you look at me, it makes perfect sense because more often than not, I have my kid with me. And since he's still very young... I've got a change of clothes, I've got some snacks, I've got some water for both him and myself. I usually carry some other sorts of treats and things, just in case. Sometimes there's toys. I mean, it just makes sense to have a backpack or a large purse. So that's why I carry that now. I'm actually right now on the hunt for a bag, a messenger bag probably is where I'm going to end up having to get one, uh, that I can use all the time, no matter how I'm expressing myself, whether it's very masculine or very feminine. It'll work both ways. I'm on the hunt for that right now. I haven't found anything yet, but I know it'll happen. It's bound to happen because I'm always looking for something. 
So a trans man carrying a purse, and even if it's an effeminate purse, who cares? Yeah, it's not normal, so that person is going to attract some sort of attention to themselves because it's not what people are expecting. It's not the quote-unquote norm. But I'll tell you right now, folks, the norm (laughs) is changing, totally changing. When Caitlyn Jenner came out, uh, that that was probably one of the biggest turning points of things changing. And I mean, then you've got all the other stuff in the media. Yeah, Janet Mock and Laverne Cox and the whole list of people out there, okay, that are starting to change the norm. And then there's also just news articles out there and then TV shows and movies. So the norm is completely changing. So, I mean, in the case of a butch woman, butch looking woman, that's been something normal, quote unquote, natural for a long, long time. Usually somebody's going to guess that they're a lesbian because that's just the connotation and the the thought process that usually goes with that. Not always, but it is the usual. Uh, And then just on the same side, an effeminate man, you're going to usually think they're homosexual as well. But they don't necessarily have to be. And that's what is changing right now. So back to Brianna's original question. As someone who blends the two on occasion, I mean, well, (laughs) I blend the two naturally because I have longer hair. I keep my brows shaped and, and, you know, plucked, we'll call it. Uh, I try to do what I can for, you know, a facial cleansing. You know, I wash my face, I moisturize, and I try to use sunscreen because sun just kills skin. It just damages skin to its fullest extent. So if you're not using sunscreen, folks, pick some up, use it. You'll thank me later because later in life when your skin is just dry and, and, and cracking and not, not cooperating, we'll say, it's because you didn't use enough sunscreen or even moisturizer. So those are, those are things that you got to do and drink lots of water. But that's, I'm getting off on a tangent. But as I said, the norm is changing. The normal is changing because really the question is, what is normal? Nobody can really say that anymore. And that's because life is changing. Things are changing all around us. And bottom line, we choose to identify ourselves. And as we move forward in time, that's going to be more and more common. Because we're at that changing point of nobody identifies us, you know, nobody's going to walk up and, and identify us. And I'll tell you, folks, that's one of the biggest mind fucks I had to get over. That was part of my fear in staying in the closet for so long. So I hope that answers your questions. <laughs> hey, write me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. If you don't want me to say it on the show, just tell me and I won't. What's that music? I haven't used that music in a long time. That is our transgender news uh, little music thing. Uh, And and I don't use it too often because there's a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other sources for news. But I want to use it every once in a while. And this time I want to talk about something pretty heavy. Suicide. And that's because I don't have any numbers in front of me right now, but I do know that in the last month, just here in San Diego, we have lost, well, far too many people. Uh, I can think of three 
just 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 off the top of my head without really trying and i know there's more and i'm just talking this year you know 10 months now it's it's something something pretty heavy if uh if you're if you're feeling down if you're if these thoughts come to your mind please reach out to somebody and here's two different numbers they're both toll free 800 273 8255 and the other is 877 565 8860 reach out to them and if you're it's it can be anonymous it, it it's just somebody to talk to that is not going to judge you that will really help you take a look at at the quality of your life because no matter how bad it is and this is cliche i know but no matter how bad it is there's always a glimmer of hope there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and i don't mean you know that light i'm talking there's always it's always darkest before the dawn that's what i'm trying to say so if you're feeling that way reach out reach out to me even you can get me at the facebook page facebook.com changes in latitudes podcast the email as i've said multiple times changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com tweet at me you know i i'm a busy person so i may not see it right away but but, but try try reach out to more than one person if you can that's why i gave you those numbers because it is true it is always darkest before the dawn if if any of you have ever been awake at that time of day you know that that right before the sun comes up that three o'clock to six o'clock time if you've ever been awake at that time to experience that time of day you'll notice the temperature drops the pressure in the air changes the the energy that's just in the environment changes because all the nocturnal animals and plants and things are starting to go to sleep and all the i can't think of the word for non-nocturnal but the ones that are awake during the day are starting to start their day they're starting to wake up so there's that change that's happening so it is always darkest before the dawn because those nighttime animals and plants need to go to sleep i've always hated getting up so early in the morning and then traveling wherever it was it's usually for vacation but there's been jobs in my past where i've had to get up really early and i've always hated it because of that change in the atmosphere because no matter how awake i am because of being awake or, or coffee or caffeine or whatever i always get that little lull right at usually it's between four and five to be very specific but it can start as early as three and usually by six o'clock when the sun starts when the sunlight starts cresting you know the sky starts lightening up you mean the sun may not be up yet but the light is there the light is happening that twilight you know right before the sun pops if you're a photographer, you'll understand magic hour, although magic hour happens at the end of the day, but it's the same type of lighting uh, at that time of day as well. Now, to everyone out there that suicide isn't your thing, suicide never crosses your mind because you are so positive, you are so content or happy or whatever the case is. If somebody reaches out to you, they're not going to say, hey, I've been thinking of suicide. They're going to reach out because they need somebody to talk to and i'm guilty of this i am so guilty of this how many times have somebody reached out to you 
and you've said, okay, I'll call you back tomorrow or give me a moment or whatever it is. You know, you, you, at that moment in time, you're just a smidge too busy. And it's, it's a tough call because you think they're just calling for whatever, reaching out for, you know, the standard, hey, how are you, how you been, sort of dialogue. But it's not the case. And it's so hard to read somebody, especially if it's a message, a text message, I should say, or even a voicemail message. Because, well, a voicemail message may give it away because of the, the timber of their voice, the sadness in their voice. But if you're not looking for it, if you're not thinking about it, you may just pass it by. If there's somebody out there that reaches out to you, do your best to get back to them as soon as possible because you never know, especially in the transgender community. Because as, as most of you know, or, or you will we'll find out right now, <laughs> suicide is, is the, one of the number one killers, <laughs> we'll say, of our community. We have the highest rate. I don't have the numbers in front of me. You can Google that yourself. I don't need to share that with you. But we're not going to say, hey, I'm thinking of suicide. We're not. Because, well, it's an embarrassing thing. Because we're all conditioned. Oh, no, don't do that. Suicide is wrong. So the person's not going to say anything. But they're looking for that help, that, that encouragement, that, that support to to get through whatever they need to get through. So be aware of, uh, of when people reach out. And one of the biggest things is if they haven't reached out in a while and they're starting to, that might be a clue. Especially if it's, if it's a very nonspecific reason why they're reaching out. Oh, I just wanted to chat. I just wanted to talk. I wanted to catch up. You know, if it's something specific, they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, hey, I want to talk to you about getting together for so-and-so's birthday or anniversary or, hey, we should go have coffee. No, no, I'm talking about the very general thing. Hey, give me a call when you can, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Be aware and do whatever you can within your own limitations to help, to reach out and help. And sometimes it's just an ear. Sometimes it's just an ear that the person needs. That's all. If you can give them that ear, do it. Those numbers again, 877-565-8860 and 800-273-8255. to the end another episode closing out the day closing out the evening closing out episode 58 and i just want to say thanks for being here folks uh i really really do appreciate it uh it means a lot to me when i take a look at the download counts and the facebook feedback and the emails that i get and and all that it really does mean a lot to me i want you to know that so thank you everyone Also, Tom Slayton, thank you for sponsoring the show. Thank you to all my patrons over at Patreon. Check it out, patreon.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast. 
Next episode, <laughs> I love this. Next episode is going to be a conversation with Phaedra D. Hey, it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, I get lucky on every once in a while. Uh, yeah, I got together with uh, a longtime listener, longtime fan, and follower Phaedra D. I think I've mentioned her in the past a few times. And we Skyped and had a wonderful conversation. So that's going to be next episode. I am always looking for topics. I am always looking for guests. Send it my way. Come send it to me. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, <laughs> we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. I'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for the outtakes. Oh yeah, that music. <laughs> Can I talk tonight? That's the end of the show. And always remember this.